so yeah, so I guess my cousin was um, who is an immigrant, despite the fact they're born here. He's an immigrant. He was born here, so he's mm. first generation immigrant. His right. parents came here from Cyprus, mm-hmm. same as my parents. Um, but he's always been in North London. And one of the things we've learned in this country is that Londoners can't be trusted to have a, uh, a, a clear perspective on the way the whole country feels. Most of us didn't need to learn that, but Londoners apparently did. So um, so he's a North London Greek Cypriot, mm. moved out to Essex. Then when he was in his early 20s, yeah. he moved out to Cyprus to live with his dad. So was he an immigrant in Cyprus or just a Cyprusus? I think there was probably a lot of going home to the home country-ness about okay. it. But for all intents and purposes, he was a fucking expat. Fucking English expat. Brilliant. So With all that entails. Refused to speak the language. No, he he spoke the language. Okay. But and I it, had he stayed there, yeah, that wouldn't have been what he was. Right. Right. But basically, he was out there, mm. mar- uh, married an English Greek, uh, married a Greek girl who'd done exactly the same thing. Was who was a, who was London Greek, moved. Back out to Cyprus. Oh, this is really complicated. It isn't, right? Yeah, he, it is. he was. He grew up in England. Yeah, uh, things got weird. Mm. Well, not weird, but like he maybe murdered someone. No, that didn't happen. But like, life seemed comp- life was stressful here or whatever. He was struggling, okay. so he went and lived with his dad, who was out in Cyprus. Mm. He happened, and and there's basically out there. It's not. They are Greek. They talk Greek, and they work with other sure. Greeks and stuff like that. But they tend to gravitate towards other North London Greeks and Essex Greeks who moved out there. Sure, well, I suppose they've got the same cultural touch yeah. points, haven't they? Yeah. So um, my one experience of Aya Napa as a grown-up Ooh. was with them. I went to visit and I, I got, like, he dragged me with a bunch of his mates to Aya Napa. Lovely. And I got to see, you know, not the, not the, not the tacky uh, local... Cypriot side of Ayanapa. Yeah. I got to see the tourist side that you know the the Ooh. untouched tourist side of Ayanapa. Beautiful. It was horrible. It's fucking horrible. Really? It could have been anywhere except it was sunny. I always associate it with garage music, and I never really cared for garage. <sighs> fucking awful. It was like it was like shit drum and bass. You know when you're stuck in a pub mm. and there's a stag night with a bunch of people who are really sort of. Scary stag night people, one end of the room. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a hen night on the other end of the room. Scary hen night. But like a whole town of that. Oh, right. Yeah, well, yeah, I've been on a beef, mate. Yeah. So it's, no, it's, it's, it's the same. So, um, but anyway, so... At the then, time I went, though, I think I didn't find it scary. But I think that might have been because I was one of the scary people, maybe. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I mean, and I don't think, you know, I'm not pretending I didn't get hammered and end up sleeping in a... Uh, like, sleeping on... Con- I, the rest of them were still partying. I thought, no. I've after the. Have you seen the Inbetweeners film, the first one? Yes, I've seen them both. 
Yes, I have seen them both, but specifically I'm talking about the first one where they get kind of cajoled into going into a bar yeah. with the promise of oh, God, cheap yeah. drinks and then yeah. they end up being given a cocktail. The person says, oh, yeah, yeah, the, these, this cocktail will prove, separate the men from the boys, but what they actually mean is this is all the alcohol we've, we've got that no one ever buys. Yeah. And so I, I had my fill of that quite early, didn't really know how to get about, made my way back to the car park uh, the multi-story car park where we were parked, but couldn't get into the car, so I fell asleep on the steps outside the car park. Beautiful. And was woken up at about five or six that morning by um, an English girl with who was who had two guys on either side of her, who I think must work in one of the clubs there, and was heading heading back home, um, saying, "You're all right, you're all right, darling." And I was like, "I'm I'm quite amiable, unless I'm being sick, and even yeah. then I'm quite amiable, but I'm mm. not coherent." But like. I I always feel quite I feel like I hold it together quite well when I'm that hammered. I was like, Yeah, I'm fine, I'm okay, don't worry about me, I'm okay. And managed to set her mind at rest because she wanted to help. You got form then? Oh I've done yeah, I've done this lot. I've I've done getting drunk and having yeah. people concerned about me lots. Did I ever tell you uh the one night when uh what used to happen when Amy used to go and stay with her parents? was if it happened to coincide with the end of term or something here, they do a thing at the university I work at called Drink the Bar Dry in the Student Union. Oh, yum. Which is just like the staff and any students who are left over get to have cheap drinks because they've got to yeah. get rid of it all for over the summer. And I don't, because I don't really drink sport drink that way anymore, yeah. what had happened is I'd go down there, I'd have a few drinks and then probably go on to a pub afterwards with some people. And I'd, I'd be heading home at about seven, Yeah, still quite early, but I'd be way more drunk yeah. than I'm. And uh, this one particular time, I got all the way to my front door mm. and thought, do you know, I really fancy some chicken chow mein. And there's a Chinese takeaway yeah. just around the corner. Um, do we call them chinkies? I think no. there's a case to be made for calling them ch- I mean, it's no, not well, racist, it, If is you're it? a racist, there's a case oh, to be okay. made to call them that. That was a, a, a reference to Nigel Farage. Um, oh, sorry. No, it's fine. It's okay. You responded exactly right. That, yeah. that was the right way to react. Oh, good. Um, I was being satirical, but it's in, it's indistinguishable from actually being a racist if you're doing across, it right. It didn't come across that way. You just came no. across as racist. And I yeah. thought, well, actually, this is the problem, isn't it? Is your first, genera- um, first generation immigrants come over here and start um, punching down. We make it, yeah, we make it more racist. Yeah. We do. Some of the most racist behaviour I've seen is from relatives of mine. So, but, um, and yeah, so I, 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 so I, I started making my way to the Chinese takeaway. Uh, and the next thing I really registered was that there was, uh, I was comfortable. I was stood up, but I was comfortable. And a car pulled up alongside me yeah. and the window wound down and it happened to be an ex-girlfriend of mine from like about 10 or 15 years before. Brilliant. Uh, so she she poked her head out and it was at that point that I realised that I was leaning into a hedge. Oh, great. And, and then I remembered what had happened and it seemed perfectly rational to yeah. me was I'd been doing that thing where you run your hand along stuff. Yeah. Alongside the, and I was doing it and I thought, oh, this feels quite soft. Comfy. And I just sort of oh, edged into nice. it. I don't know how long I was stood there for. So she obviously thought she was yeah. just helping some stranger. Pulled it like, uh, sort of probably thinking, oh, look at this poor soul. He's clearly just fallen off the off the beaten path yeah. somehow, li- literally and figuratively. 
Um, it's a very strange world to inhabit, the world of being drunk earlier than you should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. And, drunk and, in daylight. And more drunk than you're used to yeah. as well for a while. And so she uh, she pulled the window down, probably thinking she was going to talk to a stranger and was as surprised to see me as I was to see mm. her. And she said, are you all right? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I just, um, I'm just on my way to the Chinese takeaway. And she said, are you sure you're okay? And I was like, yeah, I was just just having a rest. It's fine. Brilliant. And she drove off. I, I'm, I'm making it sound like I, I set their mind at rest. What actually happened is no one really wants, you know, you stop because you feel like you should. No one really wants to be babysitting I'm, a drunk for the I rest of the night. I want to hear her podcast and that side of the story. Yeah, she probably doesn't remember it. It was a very noteworthy mm. moment in mine, but probably knowing her, probably most of her oh, exes. I, I, she's probably constantly bumping into exes sure, drunk on the street. Sure, surely bumping into an ex that's so drunk they're essentially leaning mm. in the bush to have a little sleep is noteworthy. It's so you can Alan, remember it. It's so Alan Partridge though. Although that's, I don't know if I mentioned it before. I, I was told by... Uh, I, did I mention this last time we met? That uh, Nicola told me the other day that my dad had had a hypo, a diabetic hypo, and I had no memory of it. Oh. And it was in front of us. You're just used to the world being chaotic around you, though. Maybe. That's my... T- I don't register a lot of stuff because I expect things to be pretty old. Well, I'd have been quite shocked about him doing it at the time. Like, apparently he pissed himself and all sorts, you know. You'd have thought I'd remember that. Don't I'm sure I spoke about this in the last I podcast. I don't think so. Maybe Such a long time maybe ago. Maybe it wasn't there. The yeah. last two grand members a really long time ago. It was about two months. So, was it that long? Yeah. We should really work out a way to give people their money back. I think... It, pff, We've already spent it on uh, cocaine and hookers. So. That's true. Hooker pipes. Yeah. The uh, Anyway, so my cousin got married over there, had a yeah. few kids. Obviously, the economy went in the toilet in Cyprus. So they yeah. decided to bring their family here because it's a better life. Bang, just in time. Bang, just in time for the EU referendum. So is both an, a, a two-time immigrant, mm. sort of also an expat by yeah. attitude. Uh, voted leave. Brilliant. Uh, because... Um, doesn't really understand racism as anything more than an abstract concept because he's a North London Greek. And actually, I can understand he's someone who's lived within the Greek economy having a very deep resentment of the EU. Yes. I can get my head around and that. And that was, what he was, that was yeah. where he was coming from. And, and he was explaining it to me. And I said, but do you not understand that, like, whether it's the EU, whether regardless of the EU, you have voted in line with a campaign that was openly mm. racist and that's going to make everything worse in this country for people who are and um, and well, he did not, this sorry go on and this was the the day after like the day after the thing so we had a bit of a conversation i wasn't mean to him but it was a civil conversation but he kept saying and this was the first time i'd mm. seen this happening but it became generally the tone of a lot of the conversation um he said well, it's it's done now anyway, and so now we can rely on, uh, like he said, but I have faith that there are lots of big-brained, intelligent people, and he talks about me like this, so without a word of a lie, he, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't taking the piss. This is just how he thinks. He said, there are lots of big-brained British people like you and, and others, and um, and so I have faith that we'll be able to sort of, you know, we can rely on you all to come up with a solution for, for anything that happens now. Does he know and that you're like, not in the civil service? Well, uh, and I said to him, well, I, there's that. I mean, I'm not in a position to, but I said, no, but people like me, we had a plan. 
our plan was to not leave the EU and to yeah. not prop up that campaign. That was it. We're out of ideas now. That was our yeah. idea. You can't... That, that whole... Uh, that's been the general tempo of it. A lot of people seem to have been... But, but at the same time, I don't think... And I was very much in the Remain camp. Um, I'm actually a European federalist, I believe. Yeah, I would like to see a European federal state. I, I think the way that you govern within that needs to be thought about. I think government needs to be closer to people. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be more accountable to people. So whether that means um, regional assemblies that are empowered um, by a, um, a central, a bit, kind of a little bit like the way the federal and state government um, thing works in, in the US. <clears throat> However, I, I, I genuinely believe that um, for for many people, it wasn't quite as binary a choice as a lot of us on the Remain side were saying. It's you know a choice between remaining in the EU, EU or being a complete racist bastard. Mm. Yeah, I, I genuinely, having talked to a, an old school friend of mine who, who commented on a on a Facebook meme that I posted, and he was getting a bit frustrated as a as a Leave voter that he's being painted as being a racist, and he's not. He's not a racist. In the slightest bit, he's quite an open-minded guy, but he finds the EU as an institution evil, mm-hmm. and that's his view. And he, as he said to me, "How am I meant to vote if I find the EU evil? I find racism evil, but I'm not being asked do I find racism evil or not. I'm being asked do I want to be in the EU or out of the EU? That's the question I'm answering. And I think, I, I think also on on the Remain side, for us to say, well, those who voted should have the ideas. It's like, well, that, again, that isn't what the referendum was about. It wasn't, would you like to remain part of the EU or would you like to leave? And by the way, what are your ideas for when we leave? It was a binary choice of do you want to leave or do you want to go? So at the same time, we, we, we also, we can't bash people over the heads again. He said, come on, what's your fucking... Idea? And I wanted to. That was my first mm. instinct. I had one friend who, who voted leave for the most wishy-washy of mm. reasons. You know, they they were telling me stuff like, "Oh well, I want to I want to live in a world that's governed by love," and this is a, a I've, chance. I've to, and known like, more than one left wing person mm. who's been li- like very liberal yeah. or progressive person who's yeah. been like that. I'm a it, citizen of the earth, so no, yeah. no, it's too small. And I, and I was saying, well, so am I, and this is a really good way of, of of being together with with groups of people. I I I have trouble seeing the EU as evil as those people. There are. They were definitely short. There are still shortcomings with it, without a shadow of a doubt. But, you know, it was almost like um, this person was saying to me, it's a choice between capitalism and a new way of... And he's like, no, it's like capitalism or or if you leave, neo-capitalism. Mm. You know, I, I, which worried me a little bit when some choices were wishy-washy. But, yeah, none of the people who voted to, to leave should be expected to come up with ideas. People who should be expected to come up with ideas now we've left, are the people that have run away from power. So people like Nigel Farage, people like Boris Johnson, people like Michael Gove should have had a vision for what the world looks like when we're not, when we're not in the EU. And frankly, David Cameron should have had the civil service prepare an exit plan. That would have been the sensible thing to do as someone who is responsible for the referendum David Cameron should have had the civil service come up with plans to leave contingency fucking planning you know if you're is it asking possible people, that it's impossible to plan for that though and he well, knew that well no that you could easily like right if, if this is if 
if if we leave, this is what we're going to have to do, you know. Mm. And there should be at least a roadmap of the like the functional things that have to happen if we're to trigger Article Fifty. I find it really difficult to approach the. I can't get my head round the gymnastics someone mm. has to do to find David Cameron responsible for that, though, because no, 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 it no. becomes because it becomes apparent. It became apparent before the vote had even come in that. Of all of the politicians on either side of things, mm. of all of the politicians, only one of them wanted us to leave and none of them thought we would. No, David Cameron called the in-out referendum. It's his responsibility, regardless of which way he wanted us to sure, vote. Okay. And he did it as a, a, a piece of political expediency no, absolutely. to win a general election. So it's, it's his fault. But, yes, but you know, to say I think that, there's to, a lot of blame to go around to, at that end of society. To be honest, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it goes back to Thatcher and um, the the undermining of the um, the working classes. But um, Article Fifty exists, so there is an article a mechanism for a uh, a country to extract itself from the EU. Mm-hmm. So it's possible to plan around the requirements contained within Article 50. People would go, oh, you couldn't have possibly predict what's going to happen. No, but you know the fucking mechanism. You can plan around a mechanism. And to come out and say, we don't have a plan, no one's planned for this, is bullshit. You plan for both eventualities. And to be honest with it, it's, it's, it's crass laziness. Because the plan for remaining was, well, carry on as we are. So you've, you've only got one part of the... One side of the fucking question to plan for. Yeah, but we we knew that the vote, like most of us, mm. well, not maybe not most of us. Yes, actually, most of us mm. knew that the vote was never really about, like what the vote was about. We know we know that we know that people on both <laughs> both sides thought that we we know that we know that the reason Cameron did it was. Because of jostling around within his party, mm. we know that was the case for almost all of them, except Farage, who's been banging the same fucking drum for the last twenty years. Who is a right-wing extremist? I mean, yeah, you can't, and, and certainly his campaign was entirely racist. And the truth of it is, we know that these people aren't mm. out for us. Actually, whole parts of the country voted. I think mm. it's reasonable to say that whole parts of the country didn't vote one way or another on the EU. They voted. Uh, they voted against polit- our politicians and extrapolated that out to you. They just voted against politicians in general because they don't trust our politicians and they don't trust they they don't trust EU politicians. They don't they don't trust they just don't trust politicians. So um, I think that for us to now be surprised that none of the people at the top who decided we were going to have the referendum who were using it as a political uh, a poli- uh using it for political currency or whatever really had a plan for what would happen afterwards because all of them are only really thinking of what they're going to do next mm. cameron probably knew he wasn't going to like knew that politically his career was over mm. effectively if he didn't if this gamble didn't pay off and he took that gamble boris isn't retreating like a like it's being played out by people on the left and right as him like being cowardly and running away. But that's bollocks because Boris knows that in two or three months' time, we're going to have moved on, we're going to forget. And then he'll 
come back in when someone else has had to hand. That will have always, if he had a plan at all, that will have always been the plan. They're not offering, all of them are not, only thinking about themselves. I, Farage I, will be back. I agree. Well, yeah. And I, his I, hands will be clean of all I, of this. Farage will almost certainly be part of a governmental committee that's involved in Brexit. Almost mm. certainly mm. he'll get a job from from government. And Boris, he'll have his hands clean as well. When, when it all blows up in Theresa May's face, when she's my Conservative leader then Boris will certainly run for leader at that point, without a shadow of doubt. Because you know, I suspect it was part of his power play was to um, challenge Cameron at the point he stands down after leading a robust but ultimately unsuccessful hmm. Leave campaign. So he'd have shown his leadership qualities, um, fallen just short. But, um, you know, whereas now he, he looks incompetent, so he needs to lie low for a little while. And he's calculating enough to have worked that out. You're right, he's not running away. But what he's not doing, and what none of them are doing, are offering visions for how things will look. No. In a, there's a lot of rhetoric that harks back to a, a golden age that I don't think ever really genuinely existed. Yeah, I mean, but that's the job. I I know exactly, I understand where everyone's coming from, and I know exactly mm. what you mean about how it should be Cameron's job. Hmm. to sort this out, that he's responsible. But that's working on the assumption hmm. of what we think politicians no, no, should no. be. It's not his, and that isn't the job that any it, of them have been it, doing for years. It's his job to instruct the civil service. Sure. And he has been negligent in not instructing. If he hasn't, yeah. then he has been negligent in failing to instruct the civil service to make plans prior to the vote. That is negligence, in my opinion. Sure. But we do live in a world where the Chilcot report just came out and probably nothing's going to happen to no, it, Tony no, Blair. No, so, it's kind of, so it's like, in but a then, way, aren't we hearkening, when mm. we say that, aren't we hearkening mm-hmm. back to mm. a, a rose-tinted future where politicians did what we think politicians are supposed to do and what we should reasonably be able to assume politicians will do? But we know that isn't what they do because that well, isn't the role, how they the, work. The role of a politician happen. is to guide the civil service, to politically guide the civil service um, uh, in the running of the, the government, in the running of mm-hmm. the, 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 um, the, the institutions of government that ultimately run the um the country so all they do is put a political slant on the work that the civil service is yeah. doing and that's the role of a fucking politician is to tell civil ser- civil servants can you go more right or left do we think that they've just started being negligent about that though or do we think that they've probably been being negligent about that for like a couple of decades it's difficult it's difficult to know isn't it because you know you think back to to yes, Prime Minister, that, that kind of, and I guess that's where my view of the politician comes from, is essentially the politician being a meat puppet, the civil service. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's the, a politician's the face of government, not actually part of the machinery per se. Um, it I, feels like that hasn't been the case in our lifetimes. Certainly not in our lifetime, no. I don't know. It, it, it's hard, yeah, it's hard to tell, isn't it? And who knows? We can't. I think this is the problem. You can't see inside these institutions unless you're part of it. And then you get sort of the screaming conspiracy theorists who run around the edges who have no idea themselves, but see, they I... think it works in a certain way. Maybe what, what the problem is, is despite apparent efforts to make government more transparent, it, it's not. I mean, I don't, I kind of, I think I get a taste for it working for the NHS. 
So I've had occasion to meet people from the Department of Health who have one-to-one um, -one contact with ministers. And, and it is basically just a really top-heavy bureaucratic way of working where when I've come in contact with people like though, like that, the, the, the main problem seems to be is they have really great ideas and initiatives, but not enough time to sit in front of people who make the final decision. I think ultimately that's what the politicians are there, is they make the final decision on ideas that are brought to them by members of the civil service, from what I can make out. So They're supposed to be ultimately the... Maybe our civil service aren't the... as good as they used to be, you know? Maybe that's a possibility. You know, and there's been an awful lot of pairing back of the civil service in, in the past sort of decade, so I mean, possibly that's having an effect on their ability to um, be more dynamic. I don't know. See, to go, to go back to your friend who... Go back to the Chilcot, though. You know, we didn't have the forces to deploy mm -hmm. in a in a regional conflict. We, I guess, you go back, go back to the time of Suez. We had plenty of troops to send out to Suez, even though that was a political disaster, and probably comparable in terms of it, the disastrous planning to Chilcot. So, you know, there's fifty years ago, and things weren't working very well. No. Well, I, the, the, there's a problem with misdiagnosing things, isn't there? <clears throat> so it's ultimately maybe... And always hearkening back to a time that we think was better, that it, wasn't. And it, It's the system of government is, is what's wrong, because you've got um, a, a, an interconnected web of individuals making decisions uh, who have to act as though they're accountable. Well, ultimately, what you want is uh, one person empowering others beneath them to make decisions. So, essentially, a benevolent dictator. Hmm. See, to go back to your friend who voted leave. Yeah. And I've, I have a problem with the way you reacted to the way I reacted to the, to what I was saying. So, because okay. my my biggest problem yeah. over the last couple of weeks yeah. has been not being able to talk about how I feel about okay. things in certain groups because there has never been any shortage of fellow Remain voters leaping forward to explain that not all leave that we're all in it together and et cetera, et cetera, and blah, and we need to sort mm. it out and it doesn't matter which way people voted. There doesn't seem to be any shortage of people mm. telling people that not all Leave voters were racist. I've only heard a few people saying that all Leave voters are racist. And I've been pretty crisp with them quite abruptly and quite quickly that that clearly isn't the case and that it isn't as simple as that. I have been told so many times not to dismiss all Leave voters as racist when I have never said that all Leave voters were Did racist. Did I explicitly do that? No, but you're in the same sort of ballpark. What I'm getting at with this conversation that we're having, and I'm not angry, angry. It just reminds me a lot of other conversations I've okay, been having. Okay, so that, uh, uh, sorry, I don't think I explicitly I said that. We, we put enough effort in mm. to making... We put enough effort in to rationalising why people would have propped up that campaign mm. with their vote. Mm-hmm. We put a lot more effort in 
to rationalising why good people might have propped up that particular campaign, Mm -hmm. then we do talking about that campaign. Mm -hmm. Then we do talking about the the fact that really, Mm -hmm. for the next six months, the next six years, Mm -hmm. the next several years potentially in this country, it doesn't fucking matter whether we're in the EU or not. A huge portion of the population in this country are now dealing with living in a country mm-hmm. that is more openly bigoted towards them. Yep. The economy will probably one way or the other sort itself mm-hmm. out. Knowing the, knowing how things are, knowing mm-hmm. the way things work, the one thing we can't really predict is exactly what the economy is going to do. Mm-hmm. But my broad assessment, not really understanding it at all, is that it will probably level out a little bit. The people at the top of society are probably mm. going to do okay. The people who've been told that the mm. reason for all of their problems is immigrants are going to be just mm. as fucked, if not more fucked, and things are going to get worse there. Mm. And almost every attempt to say, mm. look, it doesn't matter whether you're a racist or not. If you do not get better, mm. if we as a society do not get better at noticing, mm-hmm. not little groups of 10 neo-Nazis, this is me being bitchy about stuff that went on in Southampton and that's not fair because it's good that people, it's good that people stood up and said, we are not down with racists and it's a good way of dealing with Mm. small groups of actual Mm. neo-Nazis. Those aren't the people that are the problem for actual, for like immigrants and people. It's this, it's all of the other people Mm -hmm. who can walk past a bank of newspapers on the news Mm. agents and not rage, not I'm not saying people should be ripping stuff off the shelves, Mm -hmm. but like not even feel it, Mm. not even register that it's going on. The people who can Mm. have voted leave, and this isn't really your friend from the conversation Mm. that you, from what you're saying about Mm -hmm. the conversation, but the people who can have voted leave Mm. and apparently have been completely fucking oblivious about the nature of the campaign. Mm -hmm. And the problem is anytime you even mention that, Mm. suddenly you're being told by plenty of people mm. on both sides of the uh, both sides of the thing that like um and don't, i'm not angry at you i'm angry at all of the, just the general conversation I don't, I don't get me wrong because in the conversation with my friend i suggested that it's the law of unintended consequences mm. that he suffered with and actually uh, my feeling was he was naive not to have considered those issues mm. And the empowerment, I think I said as much when I was talking to him about how the vote empowers racism. Mm-hmm. And, and sorry, that is a key part sure. of, of this. And I'm very passionate about, about it. I'm sorry I if I haven't are. come across as No, that. I know I'm, you are. I know I you just, are. It's just that... I, I kind of went down a, a cul-de-sac in talking about it. We keep caveating it. This is the thing. We keep caveating it. And it it's isn't... how you stop it. It's a societal problem, though. Yeah. How do you stop it? You know, us on the left have been shouting racist, racist, racist at the Daily Mail until we're blue in the face. And it does nothing to stop them. And if anything, it seems to make the barriers of the nice people, you know, who read the Daily Mail, seems to make their shutters go up even further. I don't know how to talk to these people. Well, because we've been shouting it at each other and patting ourselves on the back mm. for not being racist. Mm. We've been acting like racism is a thing that is mm. only in the hearts of evil people when we're all fucking guilty of prejudice. Yeah, no. um, well, e- evil flourishes yeah. when, you know... Yeah. We've been acting like um, we do this thing, and I've... Re- like, people I really, really like, mm. I'm not... Cri- I'm not. I'm trying not to criticise people. Mm. 
people that I really, really like, mm. who are broadly on what I think of as the right side of this issue. Mm. A, a couple of people I can think of. So if they're listening, they'll know they'll know that I'm. They'll think I'm talking about them, but actually I'm talking about this is pretty much fucking everyone. Mm. Everyone who passes for white and mm. straight in this society, almost everyone, mm. because there are always caveats, mm. will have had a point where they were not as progressive and tolerant as they are now. No, for sure. Right? They grew up in a house where the sun was around, mm-hmm. or like, or the male. Or, or where even if their parents weren't... Unless you were really lucky and your parents were really progressive. Mm. Like, not just 60s hippie progressive. Yeah. Because 60s hippies don't look progressive by today's standards. Oh, they're terribly sexist. So, and, and, probably, <clears throat> and probably quite racist as well, after a fashion. Mm. So, like... Certainly in terms of... Um, uh, what's it? Co- not co-opting. Cultural appropriation yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, terrible. and like exotic, exotic like, treating yeah. other... Uh, cultures as exotic and, and we all I, I think was most guilty of, of that yeah, I think most yeah, of definitely. but we it takes a lot to make people remember when they are shouting at someone else for saying something intolerant mm. that they had to have a moment yeah. a come to Jesus moment mm-hmm. and we forget that yeah. when we're dealing with other people so it's like and a few people have been asking well okay I understand okay I understand now mm that possibly just shouting a few slogans mm. uh, it isn't going to be enough how do we fix things and mm-hmm. i don't i don't know how we fix things I've, but the way i know we definitely don't fix mm-hmm. things is by what was it david Wynn said we already tried um we already tried pretending your nan isn't racist for the last 20 mm. years it didn't work we need to try something else yeah. maybe just like Another thing that someone wrote, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was, but they said something along the lines of um, that what we're seeing right now is the result of when you say that bigotry and racism and everything is taboo rather than saying it's wrong. And that's that's where we've been for the last 20 years. There are the people who are... I, t- I, I'm sorry, I, I, I think, you know, and it's difficult because I'm a white, straight male. You know, racism only comes into my life in so much as I'll stand up to it. When I see it and I hear it, I I have and always will stand up and I will say my piece because I won't accept it. But it doesn't affect me, Mm. apart from the fact that it's my race that perpetrated it. But I I genuinely think in terms of um, the racism that's born out of resentment in certain English communities comes from a sense of disenfranchisement mm-hmm. where they think that other are taking something away mm-hmm. from them. And they're told it repeatedly as yeah. well. And and it's the fact that we haven't we haven't supported communities to allow them to feel like people aren't getting something they're not. You know, this government got rid of the um integration fund mm-hmm. that existed pre uh, twenty ten. But even that didn't go the way, because the last Labour government didn't really do anything to help communities integrate properly. You know, there is this perception that immigrants are coming and stealing my jobs and taking mm-hmm. my home. Well, no, they're not taking your home. The people who are taking your home are the successive governments who've been happy to prop up right to buy, which has dwindled the social housing stock that means that you don't have 
a home to move into that's affordable and rent controlled by the council. Although having said that, if you go back to the 70, 60s and 70s, when actually the social contract was very different and people were propped up more and the baby boomers who voted us out mm-hmm. um, had all these comforts, people didn't like black people, they didn't like mm. Asian people, and they didn't like um, Irish, did they? So, you know, although I feel that a lot of the resentment comes is purportedly to be about social disenfranchisement, if that is a word. It is. But, I don't know but, why you're pronouncing it like no, that. No, but, um, but maybe it's always been the way. Sorry, as I went on this, it's funny, isn't it? I, you say stuff out loud and then you start connecting the dots. And and I've kind of been thinking, well, actually, well, that's something we need to deal with. We need to make people feel like they're being invested. Of course, the irony of voting out is areas that need investment um, got and got investment from the EU from no longer yeah. receive it. But all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, actually, but what about a time when they were invested and people were really racist? And could it just be that we're fucked? Well... No, you see, this this is what this is what I mean. About... How do you get away from anti-intellectualism? How do you get away from distrust of people who are experts? How do you get away from how do you get away from people distrusting considered opinion? And that appears to be the tone that we've reached in. Yeah, and one of the things that bothers me most about that is that I don't think a lot of the people pushing that stuff in the public eye, really believe it. Of course not. Um, they've just worked out that that's the best way to play people yeah. like a fiddle. Now, see, this is the thing, and I know not everyone agrees with me, but I think xenophobia is just hard-coded into us. I think over, a, cer- over a certain amount of people, and I think that part of the problem we it's, it's more tri- progressive people... It's tribal, it's fear of other. Yeah. I think, and 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 what we have to do when we're operating in societies... Mm is come up with machinery, either thought machinery Mm. or actual social machinery or economic machinery Mm. that forces people to see past that. Most people, once they start spending time around the people they're scared of, start to realise that actually a lot of that is um, artificial. And then they work out someone else to hate. So like Portsmouth. If you're in Southampton or whatever, mm-hmm. that's normal. Xenophobia is kind of normal. Or Jews. I think that I think the biggest the biggest problem people who are broadly progressive have mm. is because they have become so vigilant themselves mm. about it, and maybe to within the uh, to within the parameters of their time. Mm. Again, thinking about the hippies, to within the parameters of their time, they've worked out what they think of as the most equitable way to be mm-hmm. and the most tolerant way to be or whatever, mm-hmm. um, they decide they're going to just shut out. That, that They are going to see themselves as more evolved yeah. than all of the other people when it's like, no, you just you were just focusing on this stuff while other people were focusing on having babies or like mm-hmm. getting jobs or like, um, and it sounds, it sounds elitist, but like people who left school and went off and got jobs and had families and stuff. Didn't spend loads of time and a around gr- and a grinding to survive. Yeah, exactly. They they didn't necessarily spend as much time. And I don't I don't mean to um, I 
I think that the same thing happens to different people at different levels mm-hmm. in our society. There are, there are various different reasons why people are not focused on being the most progressive person they can be. Um, sometimes it's that they just didn't meet someone at a formative stage who would have... And it's hard. Well, yeah. Like... Because it does go against your programming. I think so. And I, and I don't... Ch- and... Challenge, challenging your societal assumptions, challenging, challenging what you've been taught and the way you... is really hard because mm. what we want is to have nice, bump-free, linear lives that, that don't deviate from what we're taught from a young age so it's hard and scary i think that's why so many people like i think that's why so many people end up religious because it answers a lot of the main questions and frees up their minds to get on with things i think that's why a lot of people who do not believe in religion have become so prescriptive about how they don't believe in religion Mm. which is exactly the same thing well science has all the answers and the answers are there aren't any answers so i don't have to think about it i definitely believe in religion you believe in religion. It I definitely defi- believe it exists. Yeah, religion exists, definitely. Um, but what I was getting at about the uh, the taboo... So, we are told... Th- w- our xenophobia is played on all the time. Our natural fear of anyone from outside of our family mm-hmm. or outside of our of the people who look like us is played on all the time by government and politicians and stuff... Uh, and media and I, I and think stuff it's like the media that. that bang the drum harder than politicians. Politicians, I think they're better at it than politicians, definitely. Yeah, politicians to me are just dancing to the piper. A lot, yeah, a lot of the time, I think you're right because it's a game. Yeah, Poli- you know the, the the politicians interact with the media and the media disseminate information to the people, and the politicians act the way they do because of the way the media require their information and the the politicians are trying to manage the media but ultimately the media have more power than the politicians so the tail wags the dog Mm. it's just that that was um uh, chomsky wasn't it in the conspiracy of the status quo i don't know you're cleverer than me i'm just worried about racism that there is no grand conspiracy (laughs) things grind on because the status because there's these huge media gathering mechanisms that that require feeding and the politicians have to keep, you know, chumming that bucket. Mm. And so this sort of process to make it all manageable, because it's so fucking complex and huge. So to keep it manageable, you have to do things in certain ways and and provide people with certain opportunities and say things in certain ways so people are report it. So it's this great big circle of bullshit that um, it seems impossible for all but few to break, you know? Well, except that that's kind of an artificial fantasy as well, isn't it? Because it is sustaining and benefiting a strata of people, like old white men, effectively. You end up sounding like if you pay too much attention, or not pay too much attention, you get to a certain point and you end up sounding like a parody that you don't want to sound like. And I talk in very general terms about straight white men now, in a way that four or five years ago I would have found laughable, but I know what I mean by it, and enough mm. people around me know what I mean by it, and and I don't even bother most of some like a lot of the time I end up caveating it, especially if I'm talking to people of color or whatever. I end up caveating. I know that I'm I know where I am in this ladder. Mm. I'm quite near the top. I am aware of that, but um, it, it does end up sounding like a parody, but it's 
It's a reality you can't not... We're at a point now where people with American accents, white people with American accents, are getting abused in the streets in this country. And I can still refer to that as racism, and you kind of know what I mean. It's fear of immigration, but the because because the way um, the way intolerance works is there's and I'm not gonna like that fucking quote about first they came for like the Portsmouth supporters that quote about oh first they came for this group of people and I didn't care because they were over there and I didn't like the songs they used to sing anyway. And then they came for this. That's kind of a bit of a Godwin. That's like Godwin's law on any sort of conversation. You know the one I mean. I'm getting a bit frustrated with Godwin's law. Because it's difficult when you're actually talking about Nazis. Yeah. When you're yeah. talking about when you're talking about fascism, yeah. which which you know there is an undercurrent of fascism that sits beneath um uh, these attitudes. He's like, Well fuck Godwin's law. Yeah, it's difficult. Because it fucking happened. Yeah. You know, go Learn from it, for fuck's sake. I think Don't go, are... oh, no, you're talking about the Nazis, oh, la, la, la. Yeah, but it's... I find a lot a lot of that stuff is kind of... A lot of the rhetoric that... Rhetoric, sorry, we use around it is quite pat, and the first they came for the Jews mm. thing is... Um, it's very meaningful, but it's become less meaningful, mm. like, with the amount, uh, the amount it's used. But... A society that's less tolerant of Polish immigrants Mm -hmm. is definitely going to become a society that's less tolerant of Asian families who've been here for three or four generations. And eventually, they're going to go after gay people. They'll probably go after trans people before then. That's how it works. Because once you start blaming other people for your problems, Mm. and you get rid of them, and that doesn't solve the problem... You're going to find another group you know, because that's the behaviour. Let's not forget in the US, you've got a man who essentially presents as a fascist, yeah, looking like he could well become the next president of the most powerful fucking, well, I suppose China, but the most powerful country notionally on the planet. It's fucking terrifying. Dan Harmon was trying to get at something on the latest Harmon Town, and I think it kind of got lost. But he was, was it a large bottle of booze? No, <laughs> he was. He was. He was just trying to ask the question: Was Hitler always? And I and I was I was thinking about it a lot afterwards. It's like, and this isn't how he put it, but like, did Hitler ever? Was there a point where Hitler didn't really care that much about Jews? He just didn't care about them at all, mm. and so it was easy to blame stuff on them. And at which point was it that he actually hated them, or was it that once you've used them as a political thing, then the end result of that is death camps? I, I would imagine that as a as a politician, he rode a wave of because I don't think Trump cares about Mexicans or because, Muslims because you know the, the Jews were the scapegoats for the economic mire that mm. Germany found itself in in the Great Depression. So I imagine it was political expediency to start with. I would have thought he probably. Mm. Obviously, he didn't like them because you know he he would have he probably wouldn't have created a final solution for them had he sure. had he not. But I I imagine um, that he didn't. Who knows? Who knows? I I don't even want to try and get myself into the headspace of fucking Hitler. Well, but because it's him, we elevate him to the point of mm. we elevate him to the point of well, he was practically sucking Satan's cock. Well, he he, he was he was clearly a monster. He's the ultimate avatar of evil, and and that. Rightly. And that's comfortable. But I mean, but the thing is, it's comfortable. It's reassuring Mm. to think that. But if 
you knew more about it and you knew that, no, it wasn't mm. that he really believed that they were that bad. He just didn't care about them one way or the other. Then you can find... And he didn't see them as human. It's not, that, it's not that he really thought they were the cause of all of the problems. It's he didn't see them as human, so it was easy to treat them that way. Because once you start thinking in those terms, the comparisons between Trump and Farage and... Because I don't, I don't think Trump really cares about Muslims. He just doesn't fucking care about them. All he cares about mm. is... Or Mexicans. Attempt, or, or Mexicans. And, it, like, Farage is definitely but very, a racist. But, like, th- th- he's more... Um, the problem with us knowing, mm. knowing it when we see it, is that he doesn't actually say anything that's... He, do, he, say, he says an awful lot of stuff that doesn't pass as racist... Because he's not saying, look at all those brown people, mm. which is which is what we think is racism. No, but he's very clever. In t- he uses racist imagery, which is as Ab- bad as... as absolutely. He, so he may not say anything racist, but the imagery he wraps himself in is 100% racist. But the, reason, but the reason it passes with huge chunks of the middle class and huge chunks of the working class and huge chunks of the upper mm. class or just huge chunks of the population is because we've trained ourselves Mm. over however many decades of having words that you're not allowed to use Mm -hmm. um, because if you use such and such a word well that's racist that's why you don't use it but we haven't really done anything to address the underlying we haven't done anything to stop people thinking racist thoughts we've just done something about the so basically he doesn't use any of those words so people don't yeah. identify. What was it that someone was saying? The, um... it's, it's like, well, how do you make the great... What, what we're talking about is how do you make the great leap forward mm. happen? Who knows? How, how do you create a spark? You know, if you, look at, um, if you look at utopian sci-fi, which is a great way of looking at ourselves, but you look at utopian sci-fis, and I think Star Trek's probably the best mm. example of the utopian um, vision. A cataclysm has to happen. That's true. But the other thing about those ut- utopian mm. places is they've got black people mm-hmm. and Asian people mm. and uh, alien races and stuff like yeah. that. But, but the white in, in terms still of in charge, well, there's that. But in yeah, I mean that's true as well. Yeah. But in terms of the humans, yeah, it isn't. They've got representation, mm. but they've created a raceless society. They've effectively created. They've effectively created the utopian society of white, middle, like comfortable white middle class people, who are the only people in the world who can mm. say, without irony, over and over again, "Well, I just see us all as people. I don't see us as race." Mm. That does that does people in minority groups mm. no fucking good. It completely erases their identity. Yeah. In some cases that they fought hard for, but even in mm. my case, where no one was, no one really understood that I was Greek. I think most mm. people thought I was Pakistani. But like, there are people who are rightfully proud of their cultures, and none of that exists in none of that. I, I mean, maybe they cover it. I think maybe there are Maoris in Voyager. I'm not sure. It is or is Chakotay? Chakotay's got the facial markings. My cousin was Maori, so I thank you not to be racist. Are you just so your way of dealing with this is to just shut down any discussion of race? Yeah, fucking white white people, man. Well, I, <laughs> I had a relation who was a Maori, so that makes me not Maori at all. But I, you touched on something very interesting. Actually, is I think I think we've got a problem in um, in in the UK for white people 
it's an issue is we have no real culture. I've got no culture that I can pin my identity to in the UK that I want to pin my identity to. Um, so much, I was thinking about this a lot actually with um, the success of the Welsh football team, um, but also the, the the Irish Northern Irish hmm. teams and the patriotic fervour with which their fans follow them, but at the same time seems benign and almost um, uplifting. Whereas an Englishman acting with patriotic fervour is terrifying. Yeah. And violent, and I think, I think, I think what it boils down to is the problem with with England is what made it great in adverted commas is its history of violence and conquer uh, conquest and, and resistance as well, I guess. And, and uh, yeah, I guess the Second World War we 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 like to wrap ourselves up in the Second World War while. Forgetting that actually the reason that we won on the Western Front is because hundreds of thousands of Russians were sacrificing their lives on that front, and we never ever talk about it. But um, yeah, I was thinking going back further that like no, well no, do not, we not, not still have not, a little bit of that? Not prior to that. I mean, prior to that, I mean, we were going out, and we were conquering the world, and we had an empire that the the sun never set on. But before know. that, though. Wasn't there a point where people kept invading this rock? Well, yeah, that's how we and became... And the mud people who lived here. That's how we became... I mean, we only really sort of coalesced as a as a nation sort of less than a thousand years ago. Yeah, that's true. It's only, what, 1066 on the Normans? And they kind of unified... The Normans kind of unified the country. So there's less than a thousand years of history of England being a thing, let alone the United Kingdom, but of England. The United Kingdom's only existed for, what, 300 years? See, it's a really tiny fucking sliver of history. I I take I understand what you're Cause, saying because the English the English are essentially separate kingdoms. Yeah, you know. So I see myself more as a man of Wessex than I do of, of maybe you know I've got nothing to do I've got nothing really in common with sort of Northumbrians or I think that's the thing is like we we've the English maybe have, have been forced to have a cohesive national identity when the nation doesn't really exist. Mm. It's kind of a forced, and, and when it did coalesce, it coalesced around empire, and now that's gone. What is there for? Co- I don't want to coalesce around an idea of empire. Well, but I'm fucking ashamed of how my country acted. Here's the because we do, bearing in mind the uh, we were just talking about appropriation, cultural appropriation as mm. well. That like it's possible that. I, I take your point about white English people not really having much of a culture of their own. Mm. And I, I want to argue with it, but I can't think of anything. <laughs> I can't think of anything to dispute yeah. it. You but, know, what, what is white culture is lager and fighting. But isn't I, it? Don't, I don't think that there would be, I don't think that it would be the cultural appropriation that mm. white English people do um, would be a problem mm. if it didn't go hand in hand with them also looking down on those cultures. It well, doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's not appro- osmosis. It feels like theft. It's not appropriation if you rule them, is it? Well, it's like mugging. It's oh, like you're, could- not, you're not. You're not just going. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like the outfit you're wearing. Yeah. I think I'll wear something like yeah. that. It's like you've literally gone over to them, beating them up, and yeah. then and it's. Um, that's that's it. When they talk about you know our lovely multicultural society now accepting me, I look at look at Britain's favourite dish. Is curry, but we've still got a horrible, patronising, paternal attitude towards a country that has 
what, a billion people in an economy that makes ours look like a frigging flea market. You know, it, it, it's... We, we, we're in... And this is the problem. People want this grand this grand future for the United Kingdom without being able to see... without being able to see themselves in a world that has changed beyond mm. the recognition of... Especially, like, the baby boomer generation. It's a global world, and we, we need to see ourselves as global fucking citizens. Maybe the problem... Not this narrow fucking view that we've got. Maybe the problem isn't... Isn't so much that white English people don't have it. Maybe maybe the problem isn't whether or not white English people have culture yeah. or an identity. Maybe that's a circle that's never that's a square that's yeah. never going to be circled, or the other way around, because whiteness in it because it's it's based on a flawed mm. concept. The whiteness doesn't really exist. It isn't a thing. You know, it's, it's we go the, on about how old Farage yeah. was the child of immigrants mm. and blah blah blah. And that's a real gotcha on yeah. Farage, but doesn't really work because he doesn't care about that. It's Johnson, though, wasn't it? Not Farage. Both of them, I think. Are, like, so uh, he's the child of French people who, anyway. So, oh, well, they're um, the worst of the lot. God, they are yeah. racist. But and like, they smell. But the reason, the reason whiteness has such a... Uh, and there's loads of people who talk loads about this, and I don't really get it that much. But like maybe the reason whiteness has such a such an identity mm. crisis that makes it act out so much is because it doesn't really exist in nature. It's it's kind of an artificial mm. idea. Like none of us is really white. You end up if if no, we no. Got, if we got to the point where if genetically we, it's bullshit. Yeah. If we got to the point, I mean, but it's like it's like gender. Mm. Um, it's like gender and race in general. The fact that they're the fact that they're artificial, completely artificial constructs, mm-hmm. doesn't stop them being real. Yeah. It's like Tinkerbell if enough people believe in it. You mean you mean binary attitudes towards mm. them are artificial constructs yeah. rather than yeah. So it's it's sort of um, so that's maybe always going to be a crisis. But I looking at the last twenty years. The thing that I can see having changed... Mm. Because the weirdest thing about the referendum for me was so many people, and I can't help but look at the surnames of the people who seem to Mm. be most, like, trying to solve the... And I... I don't think it's me being a sore loser thinking Mm. the winning side doesn't need their hand-holding. If they think they need their hand-holding, they're idiots. They won. Mm. They got to win. They don't need to also get a chocolate blowjob mm. you know what i mean it's yeah, like yeah. they got what they wanted mm. so um but the people who've been doing that most i can't help but looking at but look at and it's bad it's really bad because i worry about what i, I didn't even want to talk about this what i really want but it's un, of course we ended up talking about it what i really wanted to talk about was more how i was par parsing through when i've been forced to look at it mm. how i've been passing through my own response to it Mm -hmm. because there was a point where I kept second I kept like double checking and second guessing myself Mm. I wasn't seeing reports of racist attacks um at that point and I was like but nobody's given me any shit nobody Mm. would even know unless they saw my surname why am I getting why am I taking this so personally and then there was an attack on an old old Greek Cypriot woman Mm. in North London yeah and in the back of my mind, I thought, well, that's fucking awful. And I was yeah. genuinely, for the first time, yeah. nervous for my relatives in London. But in the back of my mind, I was like, 
So I wasn't just getting myself worked up then. Thank fuck for that. No, it, it is real. It's really happening. And certainly the anger I felt initially was not anger on my... It was anger I felt for how people I care about who aren't white felt. And that is where my anger came from. While I was initially quite short with my friend saying, but, you know, your decision that you didn't consent... I was quite conciliatory about it mm. at the beginning of this podcast, but mm. but my initial anger was, it's all very well getting pissed off because people are labelling you racist, but I'm angry because you decided to vote in a way that empowered racists and it's made people I care about scared. Mm. And that's fucking bullshit. And you were really vocal about that online. Yeah. I saw that. It, but and I, I know that you've had, and I mean, I haven't really, I know that you've had difficult conversations mm. within your family. You've not been, mm. you've not been keeping quiet to keep your life, e- to keep an easy life. I, life. I've always, you know, I, I, you know, certainly when I've been at football, I've spoken mm. up. I've mm. been prepared to, it's really fucking but, noisy in this room, isn't it? But it, you know, it, it's easy to do. I'm a white guy. It's easy for me to go, "Oi, you! That's fucking outright." You know, don't. And I, I've had I've had set twos with with people that possibly I shouldn't have. But it's easy for me because I only get to be involved in racism in that moment because I've made a choice to speak up. Whereas yourself and other people I know are involved in racism. Just because they fucking look different. And that, you know, I can't even begin to understand how that feels. It's, um, it's, I didn't like, and I don't think I was as, I, I mean, I was vocal enough that it pissed people off. It did piss friends off and that got quite upsetting here at work. But, um, there was a point where I started looking at the people who were saying, can't we all just get along though? We can't go around blaming mm. leave voters, blah, blah, mm. blah, which which I wasn't doing and most people weren't. And I couldn't help but look at, just look at their surname yeah. and look at like, make a, not a risk assessment, mm. but start to draw a connection between, well, like, of course, you wouldn't really understand about bigotry. So we're talking can, about Browns and Smiths and yeah, yeah, and and sort of and sort of taking a guess, and that's horrible because you shouldn't really be. That, so you're racially profiling. At heart, at heart, I would like to be one of those people who says, "Oh, it doesn't really matter, though." Like we're all we're all just humans, aren't we? It doesn't really matter. No, it fucking matters. But a lot of people don't have that luxury, and it mm. is a factor of privilege that we get to think that way. Um, it matters in a world where where black people still get shot because white police officers are uh, scared of black people because yeah. they are socially conditioned exactly. to be scared of black people, so they fucking shoot them. And nothing happens to them. Yeah. No, I mean the black people don't. Yeah. They're not like bulletproof. Like, uh, the thing like, is, the police, it's the same in this country. Happens. We are socially conditioned to be scared of black people. Mm. You know, as a white guy, you're socially conditioned to be that way. Put a fucking gun in someone's hand without social conditioning, they're fucking a lethal weapon, aren't they? It's um it's been a it's been a weird few weeks and I haven't been in time. Yeah, so and then I'm reading stuff in The Guardian and a few of my friends are sharing links with me after I've said, Really, we need to worry about what's going on right now in our society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting distracted by this and this and this mm. probably isn't going to help. And then they're sharing links with me from The Guardian about how mm. what we're seeing, the, the, the Leave vote was the result of um, a uh, loss of 
the the failure of globalization or whatever and i was like well you can you can say that if you want the guardian but i suspect that most of the people who voted on either side mm. weren't really that aware of See, the, I, the role that globalization plays on i call bullshit on that i say globalization globalization has worked because you're currently looking at a product made by samsung mm. i've got one made by apple i use computers made in china by an american company i use um, you know, I, I, I shop in uh, shops that are international. Global, capital, capitalist globalisation is one. The thing that I was keen on the EU being is actually on the people's side of that. Hmm. You know, I, I, I wanted to be part of an institution that could actually bring um, power to account, as they have done with um, things like the right to be forgotten they've bought microsoft to task they've bought massive corporations to task mm. because they have the power to do so but britain's great britain can't fucking do it i mean it wouldn't be that hard for apple to go well what you want you want to ban us doing that over it well i tell you what fuck you we're concentrating on the rest of the world and you can have fucking wind up watches i don't i have got to a point over the last couple of weeks where i really don't even know if i care if we're in the eu or not I think I want. Oh, us I, to, I still care. No, I think I want us to be in the EU, mm. but it it seems to me to have become so clear that mm. even though that's what it said on the ballot, that wasn't what was that wasn't what our society was really voting. It doesn't on for feel the most like part. it, does it? It did feel like it does feel like it was the, get the brown people out. Well, I think for a lot of people, it feels like it was... I know a lot a of people mist- They were voting on a mistrust of politicians in general. And then a lot of other people were being racist. And But I just... What is it? There's a Jesse Williams. Did you did you hear the Jesse Williams speech? I, I Sorry, who is Jesse Williams? Jesse Williams, Williams is, a, is an actor um, in the show Grey's Anatomy. Who... He's one of the... Um, He's one of a few American actors who you wouldn't know was a person of colour unless they said so. I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. It's fine. It's okay. You don't have to. It's not relevant to this. Does that make me um, He's like Oscar Isaac's... Uh, Oscar Isaac, um, uh, The Rock. People who I don't... That, that dude that was in Big Brother. I don't know who that is. Anyway, Jesse Williams is re- receiving an award... From BET, I think, which is some American yeah. association. Isn't it the Black Entertainment yeah. Center or something? Yeah. And his speech was his speech was pretty amazing, but I can't appropriate most of it because it was very much about the black experience. I can having spent a like having probably spent a bit too much time probably obsessing about it after all of the shootings, the police murders in the US. Yeah, no, yeah, call them I, what they are, man. I can I can sort of see the truth in what he's saying in a way that I think I would have got really defensive about a couple of years ago. Sure. But um the one thing he said that's just kept coming back to me and I have tweeted it a few times um but like that's kept coming back to me in the wake of the EU referendum was that in the middle of it he said the the burden of the brutalized is not to comfort the bystander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that resonated so much with me about it. So, like, for all of the economic problems, for all of the economic problems, all of the political problems, all of the manoeuvring that went on, all of the different reasons why people voted in the voted to leave the EU or stay in the EU or whatever, it, it does it does feel to me like 
we have made ourselves in this country and it's a very specific to this country thing but i'm here i'm getting the sense that it's a thing in america as well we have made ourselves more susceptible to being manipulated by government and by media by wanting a quiet life so but everyone does want one though, oh no absolutely absolutely but so one of the things that's been most interesting in it, from people responding to both sides mm. of the vote was that people seem really surprised by how bitter it got and how nasty it got on both mm. sides and how families were getting into so many arguments about it and it's like i just didn't this was such a a polarizing mm. vote and i was like well it it doesn't nobody seems to have been saying anything that was out of character it just seems to me that for some reason maybe because it's such a big the eu it isn't just voting on something that happens every four years it's voting on something that's been the case for what 40 years or yeah 1975 um maybe that's what forced people to talk about it but it doesn't seem that this is particularly what's polarized what's polarized people it's just that in this country most families don't fucking talk about anything that matters at the dinner table. The people in workplaces try not to talk about anything that's going to offend this each other. This we knew. I mean, yeah, you and absolutely. I have had conversations where we both think we're a bit weird because neither of us do small talk very yeah. really well. We want to talk about big subjects yeah. and we get bored. Whereas most people that we we meet in society don't want to talk about big things. Oh, it's a, and that that's the, this ingrained anti-intellectualism. Yeah in this country his taboos are about don't fucking think about it but it's ingrained because it was a country that fucking ruled empires and you don't want the fucking proles thinking too much mm. you want them to go and shoot their fucking guns at the brown people we want uh, we want to stick <coughs> it's this weird thing in this country and I know we've talked about it before but um, we want to stick it to the ruling class but at the same time we really really don't want the ruling class to go anywhere we want them to tell us what to do. It's really, really weird. Anyway, this has been Two Grown Men. It's been the first episode in a little while. We tried to keep it light for you, listener. And yeah, it's make one it... of our comedy episodes. Yeah. Um... Fucking hell. <laughs> sorry, it's... sorry we've been away for a while. Um, God, you... the thing is, thing is, what you don't realise, listener, is now we have to do a light-hearted comic book <laughs> review show after... What is it? An hour and 15 minutes of ranting. Yeah, I'm sorry. I... I really had a plan that I wasn't going to let. I was. We were just going to talk about how we feel about it rather than the actual thing. But we haven't really talked about it. Well, Nick's made me feel even worse about being a white straight. We were man. at. Um, we were at a birthday. Like, like I didn't feel bad enough already. Fucking hell. Well, because because we're rubbish. Because white straight men are fucking shit. No. No, they fucking are. They're My... shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't. You see, because I'm so close to being just a completely white straight man. You're slightly, I'm basically you're, a white straight you're man. You're ever so slight. You're, you're, you're grey. Ab- no, you're absolutely shit, but with a really interesting surname. Yeah. Um, and so I don't like you saying that we're shit because that no, does have splashback on me. fucking terrible. Anyway, we had a lovely birthday party. Scarlett's oh, birthday yeah, party. My, da- my daughter turned six on Tuesday. I think you were right. To have no referendum what, talk at that. What a crushing gear change. <laughs> Fucking hell. Listener, you can listen to all of our previous episodes at twogrownmen.net. This isn't necessarily like representative. It's one show. Talk about... We're going to talk about dick cancer now, and now we're going to have a fucking basil brush on for half an hour. Oh. You can comment on you can comment on any of Not the posts. Not that dick cancer's the worst sort. There are many cancers worse than worse than dick cancer that affect uh, other than men. 
Uh, you can comment on any of those episodes. You can also talk to us on Twitter at 2GM, to the number 2, GM Pod is uh, the uh, address for the podcast. Also, James is on Twitter at... Oh, don't bother. I'm too fucking angry. James no, Mom. don't talk to me. I'm Nick, so N-I-X-S-I-G-H-T. Uh, we have a Facebook page. It's Two Grown Men. If you want a slightly more consistent... I think I've, I think I've been trying to stay quite, like... I think I've been all over the grid. No, I, 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 the part of the reason I didn't want to talk about it in depth today is because I know that in person I can't, mm. I can't. It's too big. The subject is too big, and I'm all over the place. Ah, that's but what I'm, she said. But I've been doing lots of like little essaying on mo- the mo- two grown men podcast. Yeah, most, like, mostly account. yeah, on an account that has my face on it as well. So yeah. therefore, apparently, it's my. Uh, fully, what are you scared of, uh, white boy? <laughs> apparently, it's my fully endorsed opinion every time you tweet from two grown men. Have so. I said loads of stuff you don't agree with? No, but you never check. You never check that I endorse it. So you fucking arsehole. <laughs> you off-white men making fucking assumptions. We also have a Patreon. All it almost feels men. It almost feels wrong to mention it, but yeah. we've got a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash totp. It almost feels at this point the patron should pay out to the Patreons. Yeah. It's patreon.com forward slash totp. I'm not sure what the state of the pound against the dollar does to any contributions. Okay. I don't know who who it ends up costing more. But help help buy us a boat so we can fucking leave. But uh, if you do want to support uh, this podcast and uh, and the other podcast, we have issues, which is about comics. Um, you can that's going to be that. a barrel of laughs this week as well. You can do that there, um, and if you contribute more than two two pounds a month, no, more than two dollars a month. Uh, mm. You do get an extra monthly podcast. I will. W- the next episode I will be recording uh, uh, this weekend. I'd like uh, it will be Scarlett, uh, Scarlett, uh, and her thoughts on her birthday. So you're not going to get her on the referendum? No, she ain't got a fucking clue. She was in tears. You make it. You make it sound like the, most people did. On on the Friday, she was in tears uh, when Nikki picked her up, and she, I think. And she was like, where do we have... Someone said we had to leave. Where do we have to go? Why do we have to leave? So, you know, it affects all ages. Yeah. In different ways. I mean, she got over it. Of course. They do, don't they, youngsters? They're yeah, resilient. They um, Remarkable how she doesn't have these preoccupations with race and where people come from. But no, children just hate... Like, they hate and love unilaterally. <laughs> they don't well, really care. I was also going to say, she she's in a very multicultural school as well, which is... Um, but you're going to shit all over that idea, so fuck no, I it. Think it I no, think it, let's move on. I think it's Christian school, isn't it? Oh, most fucking schools are <laughs> fucking Christian. I didn't send it to a, uh, to a... I'd like to send it to a Catholic fucking secondary school. It's one of the... Uh, the only reason I'm slightly cynical about children oh, or loving everyone is that one of my sons bit one of my other sons on the... One of my... I've only got two. One son, Max, the baby, bit Noah, no, the other one, on the face. And, no, they're horrible and they treat each other like shit. But I'm just saying she doesn't... She doesn't hate people based on their colour or where they come from. Just on, on whether, whim, whimsy. Whether they're nice or not. Yeah. Fucking hell. I'm done. I'm going home. We didn't wake on quiet. What the fuck? <laughs>